Welcome to the Choose You Now podcast. I'm your host, Juliana Hever, and welcome to the May Q&A. It is such a pleasure to see you, Sanford and Adam. Hello. Hey, what's up, everybody? So May is American Cheese Month. So I thought I would spend the first few minutes talking about why we shouldn't be celebrating cheese, and instead we should be talking about why we should be chucking cheese. I'm going to give you... Let's see. Six reasons to ditch cheese. Okay. First of all, cheese is the number one source of saturated fat in the American diet. And saturated fat is the type of fat associated with raising serum cholesterol levels, increasing the risk for cardiovascular disease and Alzheimer's disease. The American Heart Association itself recommends aiming for no more than 5 to 6% of total calories from saturated fat. So you add in one animal product or one serving of cheese, and that's going to boost you way above that number. That's really 13 grams a day max for a 2,000-calorie diet. So we want to go low on the saturated fat. The second reason is that dairy raises your hormones, your growth hormones, like serum insulin-like growth factor one. This promotes cell proliferation, and it's been associated with an increased risk for several types of cancer. In fact, there was just a study just two weeks ago that was published. It was an 11-year prospective study on half a million people. It showed a higher intake of dairy was associated with higher risks for liver cancer, female breast cancer, and possibly even lymphoma. Third reason, cheese is addictive. Producer Adam and Sanford, could you agree with that? Cheese is addictive. Yeah, certainly addicted uh, as we speak. Yep. I should be called the cheese monster and the cookie monster. So let me explain why. Okay. It's, it's so common. If you think about it from an evolutionary adaptation perspective, it's an advantage for us to seek out foods that are as high in calories as possible so that we could survive in times of scarcity. You know, of course, there's no scarcity nowadays, but this was how we adapted. And then, of course, anytime you add salt, like if you look at a restaurant when there's adding salt to everything up the like tons of it, it's because it takes it makes everything taste so much better. And then you want to eat more. So there's a perfect storm of high calories, high fat, high salt in cheese. So there you go. But wait, there's more. Cheese contain opiate-like casomorphines, which are these compounds that attach the same brain receptors as addictive drugs. And it basically releases dopamine. You get this big dopamine hit and it's a feel-good hormone. It feels really good. So you want it. And then you associate that with the cheese. I mean, basically this is nature's way of ensuring that babies drink their milk so that they grow. But uh, yeah, that's why it's so crazy addictive. The fourth reason is cheese is also a chemical cocktail. It contains things like antibiotic residues, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, veterinary medications, synthetic preservatives, fertilizers, additives. It's just amazing how many things you could find in dairy. And of course, there's white blood cells because there's pus from the way they take it out. I know it's really gross, but it's true. Fifth reason to ditch dairy, especially cheese, is that dairy consumption may actually cause iron deficiency. This is because it inhibits the absorption of iron, which is so interesting. This is why probably one of the recommendations that infants under a year do not con- do not consume cow's milk. That's why we always stick with formula and or breast milk, but it is linked with iron deficiency. And the sixth reason that I chose out of many to chuck cheese is that early dairy consumption has been linked to type 1 diabetes, the autoimmune type. 
that's typically diagnosed in childhood. So those are just some of the reasons to ditch dairy and not celebrate. And the good news is there are amazing dairy-free products out there now, and it's so easy to make your own. In fact, I just whipped up a batch of the Chipotle butternut squash cheesy sauce, one of my most popular recipes, if I say so myself, because I'm teaching a class today, uh, which all of our Patreons have access to. So instead of celebrating cheese in May, let's chuck cheese and celebrate with nutritious, delicious food that brings about excellent health. I like that Chuck Cheese. And frankly, Adam, I see another uh, t-shirt for the merch shop. Chuck Cheese. Oh, yeah. It's just like a mouse just like throwing a wheel of cheese into a trash can. Perfect. Here we go. First question. Christine on Facebook wants to know, hello, do you suggest that people take a probiotic supplement? I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on this topic. And thank you so much for all the great info that you post. We all thank you, Juliana. We all thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sanford. Thank you, Christine, for your question. Probiotics are fascinating. We've talked about this here before. Basically, the conclusions are twofold. It depends if you find the right one and if you find the right one for the specific condition you're trying to address. But there are some benefits. So basically, there's strong evidence supporting the hypothesis that the efficacy, the if they work, is both strain specific and disease specific. And so you basically have to look at what you're taking, what's in the formula, how much, how many uh, CFUs are in the formula, do they stay alive? You know, it's all these variables because, you know, the current regulation of probiotics is beyond inadequate. There is no way to protect consumers and healthcare providers. So it's important to, I don't know, know that buyer beware when it comes to supplements in general, but because probiotics is such an enormous field and there's so many different strains and we all have different microbiomes, you basically have to get lucky to have stumbled upon the best one for you and for the specific condition you're you're trying to treat. There's definitely some promising evidence in support of the efficacy for certain conditions, but it's just way too broad of a category to to say, yes, you need probiotics and yes, you need this kind. It depends on so many variables. Sorry for that delay. Um, Interesting. Very interesting. I have a weird stomach and I have found that probiotics um, are very, very helpful. I am not a doctor. Please go to your doctor. But that has been my probiotic experience. Um, we, we don't even need to put that in there because I who cares about what, what my stomach, Adam, take that. I care. Here we, oh, okay. Well, thank you. I care about you too. Yeah, here, here I'll add go. something. Uh, listeners, I'm a, I, I used to be a big fan of amateur biotics. Now I'm all probiotic. You should be too. Go on. <laughs> oh, Adam, you're the best. Here we go. Next question, again, on Facebook is from Bob. Um, and this is interesting because um, we are talking about uh, American Cheese Month. So Bob has a cheese question regarding vegan cheese. Um, is it still okay if it's higher in saturated fat um, or are saturated fats still quote unquote bad? It seems that Bob is struggling with bad fats and good fats. Oh, Bob, I know the struggle. Uh, Juliana, what do you think? Yes, the struggle is real. Thank you, Bob. And uh, okay, so definitely you're better off doing dairy-free cheeses, of course, because of all those hormonal implications and all the other things we talked about in the beginning. But these vegan cheeses that are on the market are still, a lot of them are very high in saturated fat. So saturated fat, let's talk about that really quickly. We know that it promotes cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, all sorts of things. The other thing, and when you think about good versus bad, 
which is kind of one way to say it, but I like to think about it as essential versus non-essential and then disease promoting. So saturated fat is not essential in the diet. We do not need to consume saturated fat. Now, if you're on a plant-based diet and you're not eating any animal products, you're not eating any of those oils like coconut oil and palm oil, the tropical oils that are high in saturated fat, you're still, you're going to get about five to 6% of your total calories from saturated fat, just from a little bit of nuts and seeds, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Cause it's, you know, there's a little bit of it throughout the plant food world, but think about that. That's what the American Heart Association recommends is to keep it to less than five to 6% of total calories. So if you add any serving of something that's high in saturated fat with those tropical oils or the animal products, you're going to kick yourself above the recommended uh, maximum. So I don't recommend consuming them. I consider, but I do love some of these vegan cheeses out there. There's so many amazing, delicious options and they're delicious for treats. So when I'm entertaining, I will always have, you know, a Miyoko's wheel. I'll always kind of like, you know, that's like a treat food. It's an entertainment food for when, you know, people that are not vegan. So it's kind of like a, um, look at how delicious plants are kind of a thing. And so I do like to have them available, but they're not something to have as a staple like every single day. Like you don't need it by any means. You need the polyunsaturated fat omega-3s and omega-6s, which we get from plants. So you don't need to seek out saturated fat and you want to try to minimize it as much as possible. Very interesting. Bob, again, the struggle is very real. So you're not the only one. If that makes you feel better, a lot of us struggle with the quote unquote good and bad fats. Um, our next question is from Instagram. I'm going to totally screw up this name. Doina Pengilly at Doina Pengilly. That's how I'm saying it. Um, they want to know, I follow a high carb, low fat, vegan CLFV diet, and I cannot seem to gain weight. Any tips on how to gain weight? First of all, Juliana, can you please educate us lowly people and tell us what CLFV diet is? Yes. It's so funny. Sometimes I get these messages and I'm like, wait, I have to like think about it. What does that mean? <laughs> but um, HCLFV, I'm guessing is high carbohydrate, low fat vegan diet. And you know how we always talk about macro confusion and everything. So I don't know exactly what you're eating, but it, let's talk about weight gain. So it sounds like you're on a very mindful, conscientious plant-based diet. And in terms of weight gain in general, First, I always ask people, well, why do you want to gain weight? And if it's because you want to change volume or you want to, you know, if it's a more of an appearance thing, because if it's a health thing, then you want to address the health issue. But if it's an appearance thing, then I always suggest starting with exercise because you build volume, you build muscle, you tone with exercise and exercise, increasing exercise increases your appetite. And so having a better appetite will help you eat more. And of course, to gain weight, you need to eat more. This is like the opposite of what I teach with all my weight loss clients, of course. So exercise, more heavier weights, more intensity, more duration, more frequency with exercise, which will drive your appetite. Then consider eating more meals throughout the day or either bigger meals, just depending on how much you want to build up either meal frequency or meal volume. And finally, you want to look at higher density foods. So the things I have my weight loss clients avoid, dried fruits, hummus, you know, in large quantities because it's pureed and it's easier to eat a lot of it, you know, whole grain crackers, whole grain, you know, flours, breads, you know, whole grain sprouted, ideally breads, whole grain pastas, those wonderful legume pastas. That's an easy way to get more calories in. Just look for more concentrated sources of those healthy foods and eat them more frequently. But the exercise should drive everything. So I hope that helps. 
Interesting, interesting. Thank you for that. Thank you for that question, Dorna Pengilly. I hope you write us again so I can say your name again. Um, also from uh, Instagram, CTEL wants to know, does cheese lead to atherosclerosis? Please tell us what that is. Yes, atherosclerosis is basically the hardening of the arteries secondary to diet. You know, Dr. Kim Williams, who's been a guest on the show here and is an amazing cardiologist, and he calls it, instead of coronary disease, he calls it culinary disease. I think that's so brilliant. <laughs> and so, yeah, so atherosclerosis is basically what high cholesterol and all these things that are leading to cardiovascular disease. And yes, it's the saturated fat is like the primary cause of atherosclerosis. So cheese is the highest source, the, the most the biggest source of saturated fat in the American diet, and it does indeed lead to atherosclerosis and there as a middle ground for the path towards cardiovascular disease and Alzheimer's disease as well. Can't we just eat whatever the hell we want and just live healthy lives? I mean, come on. Yes. Yes, you can. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. This is your life. You do. You choose you now. I know, but I want to eat cookies and ring dings all day, and I want to live a happy, healthy life, Juliana. I um, want you to live a happy, healthy life too, Sanford. And I always say to my clients, like, I'm not going to ever tell someone what to do. You know, it's right. like you, you get to choose. And like, if you feel okay and you're eating that stuff and you feel good and your your health is good, then more power to you. There are those those anomaly stories of, well, my uncle smoked a cigar every day and drank a pint of vodka, whatever it is, a liter of vodka, what do you do for, I don't know, a bottle of vodka every day and live to be a hundred. There's always anomalies, but you know, if you're, you know, depends on how you feel and what your goals are. But you are always so lovely. You are not a woman who judges. You simply give us your ideas, you you give us the tools and it's essentially up to us to sort of take the tools and build the house and our house being our, our mind and body, honestly. Um, you know, I've always appreciated you for that. Thank truly. you for saying that. Thank you. Because for the first few years when I went plant-based and I was like kind of trying to convert the world, I wanted everyone to do what I was doing and I wanted to share this amazing experience. And a lot of people have this where you just kind of get on a soapbox and just want everyone to do it. And I realized that that was a really good way to lose friends. <laughs> and yes. I did. <laughs> yes. yes. Or, or, but if you do it the way you do it, it's a really great way to make friends the way you do it. Just well, thank you. Um, so I've, I've evolved to the conversation of be a lighthouse, not a tugboat. That's my goal. Oh, damn it. That's a good one. I'm going to need to use that because I love that. Here's our last question of this, of this month's Q and A. Uh, at TTV underscore TTB on Instagram wants to know how much saturated fat do you recommend per day? Is 15 grams low enough to reduce LDL? Once again, please educate us. What is LDL? Right. LDL is the quote unquote lousy cholesterol because <laughs> there's LDL, there's HDL, there's to all that. So it's the cholesterol that we want to keep on the down low. Like that's the one that's a big marker for cardiovascular disease when it is up. And so the goal is to get it as low as possible. And the best way to do that is to reduce your saturated fat as low as possible. So again, the American Heart Association recommends staying between five to 6% of total calories. So if you're eating 2000 calories a day, that's a 13 grams a day maximum. Now, again, a vegan diet keeps it around five to six percent naturally. Any serving of animal product or oil, the tropical oils, that's going to bring up your levels. So you don't have to try to um, 
get saturated fat, you're not going to, it's really easy to get. It's too easy to get. And if you're doing your one to two ounces of nuts and seeds a day, you're going to get it naturally and in not too much of a dose. So keep it as low as possible. And also for your LDL, you want to, you know, make sure you're eating lots of the, you know, six daily threes, lots of color, lots of fiber is really important. And exercise is very helpful as well. So all of those factors help you reduce your risk for cardiovascular disease. And if I could just add, don't forget to eat the rainbow, folks. Eat the rainbow. What a lovely, what a lovely May Q&A. Thanks, everybody. Juliana, thanks as always for teaching us a thing or two. Thank you. Thank you, Producer Sanford and Producer Adam. Happy May. And let's celebrate with, um, I guess, some vegan cheese. Thank you all so much for your wonderful questions. We really appreciate them. If you are inspired and enjoy the Choose You Now podcast, consider becoming a member of our Patreon page, patreon.com slash choose you now to have access to exclusive content. Like today in our leafy green room, we go into omega-3s and fish oil and the essential fatty acids. And also, as a Patreon member, you will get access to the monthly culinary classes that I've been having in my kitchen. It is so much fun. And we are there answering questions and cooking up a storm and talking nutrition and health and diet and weight loss and all of the wonderful things that we love to talk about here. So join our Patreon page at patreon.com slash choose you now, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash choose you now to have all of this wonderful access. Also, please subscribe to the show, rate and review us on iTunes, and send us an email with your questions and comments at chooseyounowpodcast at gmail.com. For nutrition services and more information, visit me at plantbaseddietitian.com. I invite you to choose yourself now, and I'm signing off with lots of leafy green love. <laughs>